joining me this morning, everybody, whoever's on. If you're on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, or you're watching by an audio or listening by an audio podcast, thank you so much for joining me. As always, I appreciate the support and love everybody has for Get Up With God. I hope it's blessing your life, and I hope it's encouraging you and enlightening you of the things of God that's uh, empowering your life. If, you, uh, if you're watching and listening uh, by any of those streaming, thank you so much. Be sure to share it. Hit the like button. Share the post. Let people know about it. It gets our in, And su- subscribe if you're on any of the podcast services. Um, if you subscribe, not only does it give you updates about uh, when we have new podcasts come out and things like that, but it also gets our name up to the higher on the list so that people can hear and see more about our ministry and what we're doing. So... Um, be sure to do that. And, uh, if you're on social media, be sure to share the post, make take a screenshot tag, get up with God. If you don't know how to do that, just put an at sign on it. And as always, you can go to my website, dylanmaverick.com and, uh, you can look for the spelling on wherever you are watching or listening from and be sure to support, pray for us, continually pray for us in, in your prayers. And also if you want to become a partner, you can do that. We're believing God for 420 people to partner monthly with Get Up With God to continue doing what we're doing and to do more. And so excited about that. But anyway, let's continue on. Let's go to Hebrews 2. Let's pray. And then we're going to get into our morning reading this morning. And uh, we'll carry on with our day. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We lift you up and magnify you. We thank you for what you do for us. We love you. We worship you. We praise you. We give you this time this morning, Lord. We ask for help, for insight, for wisdom, for knowledge on your word. Give us insight to the things of God, to your mighty, mighty word here, to give us direction for our life. Give us hope for, for our life, especially in the times that we're in, Lord. We know that you have, you have ordained us and designed us for this time. We don't complain. We don't wish we were in a different time. We just ask for your help, for your equipping of your word to be able to do what you've called us to do. We thank you, Lord. We love you. We give you the praise and glory. I speak over every person listening, watching, that you would help them today in every area of their life, wherever they go, whatever they do, that you would help them this morning. Lord, give them help. Give them the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage on their life, that gives them hope for their future. And we thank you, Lord, for it. You're a mighty God. We love you and worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, amen. You look so wonderful this morning at 6 a.m. It's good to see you. So uh, we're, talking about the, uh, we're going to talk about the authority of the name of Jesus. And I want to start in Hebrews 2. We'll see how far we can get this morning or if we need to break it up over the next couple mornings. But um, started reading about it, was impressed on it this morning. And I, especially during these times that we're in, what I mean by that is with as much as going on in our country, in our cities, you know, you could take it from a from a city level to a state level to a country level and then worldwide at that point. There's there's quite a bit going on when it comes to be um, the good and bad. You know, it's not all bad. It's not just bad what's going on. There's definitely some good going on. But with the bad there with with the good comes bad things. And there are some things that need some attention to detail and really some insight and help from the Christian body as a whole. I believe it's super important, uh, especially in the times that we're in, that we stay equipped with the word. And as Christians, as people of God, we need to be, we need to know what authority lies in our hands, lies in our grip. 
and how we got that authority. I want to study and teach a little bit, and and uh, I want to. I'm kind of meditating on the things that I've read, so we'll get some revelation as we go. But it is super imperative. It's important that we know the authority that we've received through the power of Jesus, what work He did, and so that we can carry these things out on a daily basis through our everyday life. These aren't for the rare event that something comes up. This power and authority that Jesus has made available to us is something we walk in every day. No matter what we go through, no matter what we come up against, we walk in this authority on a regular basis. You know, and a lot of times we don't know what what power or authority we have or use that power and authorities because we're not looking to uh, seize the opportunity to use this power that Jesus has made available to us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says to the church at Corinth, he said, covet after these gifts that Jesus has made, that Jesus, the Holy Spirit has made available to us through his leaving. He gave the Holy Spirit to us and he said, covet these gifts. And then he he goes out and uh, explains the nine gifts of the spirit. Well, coveting is to desire earnestly, to earnestly crave these gifts, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom gift of faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles. Uh, there's, there's nine gifts that, that he's made available to us to work on a regular basis. Well, these gifts and this power and the authority that we have, all of these things are to be exercised regularly within our life. And if we don't seize the opportunity to use them, we may never see the, see the, see the things of God happening in our life and unfolding in our life. Well, I only see those things happen at church every once in a while. Well, that's because the minister, the preacher, the pastor that's that's there is seeking earnestly to see a movement of God in that regard. Well, we as children of God or within the vine, which we're going to read here as well, we're in the vein of Jesus. And the vein of Jesus has equipped us with power to do what we've been called to do on a regular basis. You know, in any situation... Uh, you know, I, I let someone go the other day, an employee at my company that I work for, I, I let somebody go, terminated them from the company and won them to Christ. Tears in my office. How does that happen? You're, you're terminating somebody from their position. It wasn't really a termination. Like you're fired, like Donald Trump and the apprentice type situation. It rarely ever is that scenario. I've never been in that situation. Um, I, I probably... I probably should have been in that situation more. Uh, I'm just, I'm a lighthearted person. I don't think uh, it's probably on me that I, I, you know, cause you know, there's a reason Donald Trump's in the position he's in. He's very successful and he puts in the position people that anyway, that's completely se- something separate, which I'm excited to announce. I'll be doing a, uh, more of a business oriented podcast. I'm putting all the notes and things together. I'll be uh, letting you know about that soon, which is exciting. But no, it was a mutual thing that I let him go. But in that moment, he asked me some questions and asking me about life and about business and opportunities and all the things. And I said, hold everything in my mind. I was like, hold everything. All of this stuff isn't going to help him unless he knows, number one, he's going to heaven. He's got to be on the right path first before I offer him any worldly advice on how to be successful. And so I, right then and there, but that's the power and authority that's been issued to us. Enough of me talking about it. Let's get into Hebrews 2. Turn with me into verse 14. Verse 14 says this. 
For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had power of death or power of death that is the devil. So let me read that in the Amplified so it makes it a little easier and cleaner to read. Since, there, since therefore his children or these children, me and you, share in flesh and blood, meaning we're human. And says this, in the physical nature of human beings, we are human beings, physical skin, blood, bones, color doesn't matter. It becomes about your skin, flesh, being a human. Says he himself, Jesus, in the similar manner, partook, partook of the same nature. He became flesh and blood for me and you. Because remember, he's a heavenly creature. Jesus wasn't like uh, a, a human flesh until God, well, God is Jesus, but God birthed himself through the normal means that humans were birthed through the birth canal of a woman. That's how Jesus came into the earth. So there was no unfair advantage. He laid aside that spiritual power. Uh, it says he himself in the similar manner partook of the same nature. So he became flesh and blood for us. That by going through death, he might bring to naught and make of no effect him who had the power of death or the devil. The devil has the power of death. He steals death. Jesus didn't. Jesus wasn't killed by the devil or taken to death by the devil. The Bible says Jesus gave of his own life. He gave it up. So the devil is the, has the power of death. Now skip down to verse 17. Therefore, in all things... Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, made like me and you, that he may be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiate, propitiation, which I'm going to trans, I'm going to go down because when I read that word, I was like, what does propitiation mean? Uh, but we can translate it here and make it easier for us out of the Amplified to make propiti propiti propitiation for the sins of people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. So out of the Amplified, chapter uh, verse 17, um, uh, Hebrews 2, verse 17, so it is evident that it was essential for him that he be made like his brethren in every aspect in order that he might become a merciful, sympathetic, and faithful high priest in the things related to God to make atonement for the people's sin or to cover and to, uh, to, to obliterate the people's sins. So he became like me and you to suffer through the things like me and you did. Now, why is this important when it comes to the power and the authority of the name of Jesus? Because the access that Jesus has made for you and me, this is how it came. That's what I'm, I, was, I started reading this morning. This is how it dropped in my spirit about the authority and the power that we have was through the scripture. It was that Jesus was not, I, I've said this before, he had no unfair advantage over you or over me. Jesus did not have any unfair advantage. Well, why did he work so many miracles? Why did he live so perfectly? Well, the living perfectly part was his discipline. He, he disciplined his life. He set himself apart from the things that would put him into a bad situation. But he was tempted, just like me and you. So he dealt and faced all the things that me and you deal with. 
Turn with me in 2 Corinthians now. So we know now that this, this Jesus that we serve, that we love, his, he, he was first created in our likeness. Me and you, he, he was birthed a child, skin and bone. No, no spiritual thing about him other than being God himself in human form. He took no unfair advantage over me and you so that he could show the power that you and I could have in this earth and walk his life out. And then once he died and made the atonement or covered the sins of mankind, now we can receive that power. Verse 20. This isn't too deep for you. I'm just going through some of these things that we, we need to understand. Second Corinthians chapter five. Now we know the scripture. You may have not heard it or you may know it. But we know in this scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, we learn about once we're in Christ Jesus, we become new creations. Verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become brand new. So we're new people. But there's more to that than just being made new. There's something that comes with that. Read now in verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 and 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. I'm just pulling out the Amplified real quick. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The righteousness of God. That word righteousness has been used a lot of times in reference to a relationship between God and man. You take Abraham. It was accounted to him for righteousness by his faith, by faith. It was accounted to him for righteousness by his confidence in God, his trust in God, his unwavering concentration on God's ability it was accounted to Abraham for righteousness what does righteousness mean righteousness is the ability write this down this is this will help you righteousness is the ability to stand clean before God that's what righteousness means it's the ability to stand clean before God and by faith we understood that like we said with Abraham by faith it was accounted to him for righteousness. So this righteousness that we have, he made him who knew no sin, Jesus who knew no sin, took upon sin so that that sin could, that the sin he took on could cover our sin the, the, the world that we come from, the cursed world, that, the cursed life that we partook of in, in sin. Because it says in Romans, we're all sinners. We've all fallen short prior to Jesus. But his sin, him taking on the sin for us, made, be, made us become the righteousness before God. So our righteousness is not through anything that me and you could do, not anything that you could do to become righteousness, righteous before God. There's nothing you could do to become more right before God because Jesus already did that for you. You can continue to live right to be able to stay within the vein of what Jesus has made available, but there's not, there is no way you could do anything up until this point because you've already sinned. 
I believe it's in Romans 3. It says, we've all sinned. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption of Jesus Christ. So we've all sinned. So there's no way you can do anything better to make yourself more right before Jesus. Jesus is the only one that could cover you enough to where you could stand righteous before God. You can't do enough now to become righteous enough to stand before God. Only Jesus's work through his 33 years on the earth and his death, burial, and resurrection at the cross, did he make it available so that you and I could stand before God with the authority that we're supposed to have and take the, the power and dominion that Jesus has made available for us here on the earth. You couldn't do enough to make that available for yourself. There's no, there's no ability, there's no power that you have, excuse me, to, uh, to work it out enough so that you could have the power to stand before God like Jesus has made available to you. Listen to this out of Romans 3. Whom I'm just making my point about our power and authority, and I'm going to get to John here in just a second. Whom God set forth, this is John, uh, Romans 3 and 25, whom God set forth as propitiation, there's that word again, or an atonement or a covering by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because his forbearance, for because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he may be a just and the justifier of, of the one who has faith in Jesus. So you've been made this. I'm telling you this stuff. Listen now, I'm telling you this because you've got to, first of all, before you can exercise your faith or before you can exercise your power that has been made available to you, you have to first recognize your righteousness, your level of authority that you have through Jesus. You know, the Bible tells us in Hebrews to come boldly to the throne room of grace. Come boldly. Let me, let me paraphrase it, kind of put some modern terms into it. Come with boldness into God's area. Come with boldness directly to and in front of God. But you see, if you've got uncovered things or you've got even hidden covered things in your life that aren't right and you know are not being justified because your actions are different than what Jesus said you should be living as, you don't come boldly, you come ashamed. You're embarrassed. You're not proud and bold and uh, um, confident in the ability for you to walk with authority. You don't have that. And this starts to spiral to all, all areas of your life. Well, you know, I've missed it in several areas and I've done this or that. And I've, you know, I haven't really been good in this particular area. And I, I may have missed it here. And I, you know, I messed up on this particular thing. You know, God can't trust me with God can't trust me with that. Or w what authority do I have to help someone in this scenario? You start to these things start to play over in your mind. And that power and authority is still accessible to you. See, there's nothing you can do to live better and live right before God. Nothing. Zero. Jesus did that for you to make you live right. Now you just have to exercise by faith and confidence in it that that's available to you. 
you can't live right enough. But in exercising that power, exercising that authority, now what you're doing is you're showing the faith and confidence in Jesus, what he's done for you. But see, here's where sin messes up people. This isn't really about sin or messing up or missing God, but you need to understand this. So as I'm reading this, the Lord's revealing things to me about this. I want to get to John 15, which is why I have these four scriptures before it. I want to talk about John 15, but it's important we understand this. Me and you. I'm not just, I mean, I am talking to you, to you right there, or you listening. Um, I'm, I'm talking to me too. Uh, this is helping me. But sin has no power and authority over a person anymore. It can't. No person goes to hell because of sin. From the time Jesus died, rose again, till today. Anybody that's, that's died and went to hell cannot go to sin, can go to, cannot go to hell because of sin. It's impossible. The reason they go to hell is not because of the sin, but because of the rejection of Jesus. And you show rejection through Jesus, through lack of faith in Jesus. And your sin that you're in diminishes your confidence in Jesus and the work that he did and your ability to receive what the work that he did. Thus, sin's power lays a hold of you. This is so imperative that we understand this thing. It'll help you walk better in life. Well, it'll help you walk stronger in life. It'll help you keep your head above that you're just some person walking around in everyday life and you know you mess up and you do good and then this and that. You are a you are a king. You are a queen. I mean for women and men, but we we are kings in this society. We must begin to walk that way with that mindset in belief in our heart that that's who we are. And what happens is sin, when sin is involved in your life, it doesn't take that kingship away. You don't become less of a king. You believe you're less than a king when that sin comes in. That's the problem with sin. That's the problem with missing God. It has no power and no authority. The power and authority that you receive from what Jesus did is through your faith and confidence in it, and sin diminishes that faith and confidence in what he's done. It takes away the confidence and ability to believe that it's available to you. It takes the confidence away of where, of where what position you belong in in life, what, how high you are, how exalted you are. It takes that away. I don't mean more highly than you should be. I don't mean you're, you know, a heady, like I'm better than every person, but you have a power and authority that's available to you and your faith and confidence in that. And the fact that it belongs to you gets diminished by sin being involved because it, it softens that belief in it. Can't take the sin. Sin has no power. We just read four scripture. Sin has no power over the Christian. But what sin does is it diminishes your belief and confidence. It diminishes that. If you could understand this, you would never walk defeated one day in your life. If you could grab this and just take it by the horns and just real and drive it, it, it you would understand there is no power. Now, 
what, let's go back to what Paul said. I don't, you know, we're going down this path with, with sin and with, uh, understanding your, but you got to understand this before you can understand your authority and power that you have that belongs to you through Jesus. You have to understand this. I have to understand this. And so clearly I've got more that I need because this, this is what I'd be doing. If, if the cameras are off, lights were off, microphones were off, I'd be reading and studying this and doing this with myself, writing my notes and all the things, getting revelation from God, reading this, it would just be super quiet. And my wife would probably uh, be sleeping more and my daughter would be because I wouldn't be shouting, but I'd be just reading by myself. But thank God you're here with me listening and watching. But this is important that we understand. And, and that's why Paul said, um, God forbid, he said, so then now that this grace and now that this mercy has been extended to me and you, does that mean we should just freely sin? He said, God forbid that's, he said that it's not a excuse now that when you sin, now you, you, you're justified. It's, it's for the times that you, the, you, there's weakness and you slip and now you can get back in and you should get right back into it and not slip on your faith and confidence in what God has made available to you. But what happens is, is now when you become perpetually sin, sin does lay a hold of you. Now that sin, you can start to drift and now you're, you're, you, your defenses start to go down and you become softer habits begin to form. And before you know it, your faith or your confidence and knowledge on the information that Jesus has made available begins to sway. Now it's not exactly, now you think of it a little off and it all comes down to that faith and confidence in it. You can't do enough to make yourself right. So you can't do enough to get wrong, but your faith in the word in the right direction of the word, because this is what happens. Let me give you a, let me give you a breakdown of what happens when sin creeps in and you don't deal with it. Because remember, there's no power with sin, but the sin results can be yielded by your, by you letting your guard down. So watch this. So let's say something happens and, and you miss God in some area. Well, you repent immediately. You get that thing under the blood and you get right back on track. You're, you're reading the word, you're praying, you're in church, you're meditating on the things of God. You're, you are getting back on track. You're doing the right thing. Then all of a sudden it, it comes up again and again and again. And, or, you know, you miss God, you, you're being disobedient, whatever, whatever it is you put, you, it could be anything, you know, God's telling you to, to begin doing something and you stop and you haven't done it yet. You're just missing God. Well, all of a sudden now you're, you're still a king. You're still a king. You still have the authority of Jesus, but now your faith goes, man, I've missed God this many times. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't deserve something your mind goes to. I don't, I don't feel like I should spend the time in the word today because, you know, is it worth it? Because I'm, look how much I've missed, you know, and you start. And in that time that you're debating with yourself and you're, am I this? Am I that? Where's my power? Now in that time that let's say it's 15 minutes that you're dealing with that, that 15 minutes should have been dedicated to you spending time with God, building your faith up with God, building your confidence up in your relationship with God. Then that turns into, you know, I haven't read three times, four times this week. I haven't read all, read my Bible all week long. 
you know, I'm not going to go to church. I just need to get right with God today. And I just need to clear my head. I'm going to skip church today, or I'm going to do this. Now, all of a sudden, two, three weeks go by. You've been out of church. You haven't been reading the word has nothing to do with the power, the authority that's made available to you. It has nothing to do with who you are in Christ Jesus, but it has to do with where your mind and your faith and confidence is in that power and authority for you. Wavering, wavering back and forth. This is how you miss God. Not because of anything that Jesus doesn't, whatever Jesus has done doesn't extend to you, it's because we waver back and forth between the things that God's made available to you and me. You know, I was just talking to Brother Randy. He's, he's probably on this morning watching. Love you, Brother Randy, if you're on with me this morning. Hey, there you are. Good to see you, man. And everybody that's watching, thank you guys for being live with me. I see everybody that's watching. This is good, isn't it? I see the comments. I see what you, yeah, this is good. I agree with you. You know, it's revelation from the Lord. It helps us, it helps us in our life. Um, <clears throat> well, I was talking to Brother Randy yesterday. We we're talking about wavering and what can happen when we waver and uh, what causes us to waver and these different things. And I always thought of, I'm like, you know what? When you're, when you're pursuing God with everything you have, let's say every time you take a step, you take one step forward that every day is one step forward. But what happens? And I don't, this isn't biblical. I, I don't have any reference of scripture for this. I'm just, I'm thinking out loud, like every day that you stay in faith and confidence towards God, let's say it's a, it's 10 steps forward, right? And then when the time that you waver, what if the time that you waver actually takes you 11 steps back. So in the course of a week, if you're taking 10 steps forward every day, but three times that week you took 11 steps back, you haven't progressed. You start to digress. You understand what I'm saying? So you take steps forward, believe in pursuing God, but then when you waver, the Bible says in James, he that wavers is like a man looking in the mirror and then when he walks off, he forgets what he saw in the mirror. You can't be like that. You have to stay engrafted in the word. You have to continually be in the word. And you don't have to sit and meditate in a closet all day reading the Bible. Or, you know, sit in your car all day and pray. And at your desk, you just, you know, if you're, work, if you're at work or if, whatever. You don't have to just be praying all day long and not talk to Don't talk to me. I'm praying. Don't, don't I can't hear that. I'm not. You don't have to be like that. You can be a normal person. I always go refer back to uh, the quote I heard from 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 Keith Moore, who quoted Kenneth e. Hagen, who quoted uh, Smith Wigglesworth, and said, "Rarely do I pray for more than fifteen minutes at a time." But he he was saying, "Rarely are my prayers." And this is a man who had great, vast miracles in his ministry, raised people from the dead, seen miraculous things happen in his ministry. But he said, rarely do I ever pray for more than 15 minutes, so maybe five minutes. He said, but rarely does 15 minutes go by that I don't pray. So there's, you see what I'm saying? You, you don't have to be like in this deep, like eyes rolled back in your forehead, like spiritual goneness 
to to be consistent in the things of God. No, you just need you pray and sing in the Holy Ghost. You you pray in the Holy Ghost throughout your day. You, you fellowship with God throughout your day. You open His Word and you and you spend time in it on a daily basis. That's why we do these devotionals. It's so powerful. It's so eminent that or uh, uh, imperative rather that you. Uh, stay consistent within these things for your faith and confidence in it. Not because it does anything to clear your sin more. There's nothing more to have cleared your sin or to clear your conscience more than what Jesus has done. Now it's about your faith and confidence in that work. Don't allow your faith and confidence to be pulled away by the activity that goes on in your life on a daily basis. Stay in the things of God on a regular basis. So... I'm, I feel full. I'm not done. Obviously, we've got to take this into tomorrow. I've got John 15 that we need to go through. We're going to start in there tomorrow morning. So bear with me. Let's get through that. Hey, listen, have a great day today. I love you so much. Thanks for joining me and being with me. I had a great time with you. Hope you enjoyed this. Hope it blessed you. Have a great day today. Tune in tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. We're going to continue this, the power and authority that's available to us through Jesus Christ in John 15, how he's the vine. We're within the vine. We're going to talk about that tomorrow morning. So be blessed today. I love you so much. Hey, leave a comment on your Facebook, on your Twitter, wherever you're watching or whatever you're viewing or listening from. Be sure to tag Get Up With God. I want to get the word out to people. So take a screenshot of the of the of it on your phone or on your computer, whatever it is. Put it on your story. Make an Instagram post. Put it on Twitter. Make a tweet. Do something to post a, about Get Up With God so we can get the word out to people. And be sure to subscribe on any of the podcast platforms that you watch from. I love you so much. I'll see you in the morning tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Have a great day today. I'll talk to you soon.